Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Just got done re-giving away our, our Father's Day giveaway because Katie did not decided not to respond. Sad. And so we had to give it away to Dominic. So Dominic, if you're listening, you won. So make sure you respond to our email or however we end up. Yes. I'm not sure how we're going to We will be contacting you. Yeah. Dave, guess what today is? Today is Monday. Today is Monday? Yes. June 22nd. June 22nd, yes. Which is my baptism day. Ooh, baptism anniversary day. Yeah. 34 years ago today, I entered the Catholic Church. Happy birthday. Thank you. So, that was pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Also the feast of uh, that British dude. St. Thomas More. Yeah, that British dude. Yeah. And jo- St. John Fisher. And John Fisher, right. Yeah. So, uh, is he British? English. Yeah. What's the difference? Oh man, don't do that. We don't want to. David Bates is going to get all upset. Well, the English are British. Yeah. I mean, so are the Irish. Okay. So, what are we drinking tonight, Dave? Today, we are drinking the Aberlour 16 year. Okay. 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 It's a double cask matured. Awesome. And it's a Highland? Spaceside. Spaceside, which is basically a highland. It's a Spaceside. It's, it's a spa- it's a highland that like it's basically a sp- you want to charge more or basically something. Basically the same about the same thing. We have a uh, one on the buttons tonight. Jim is in studio, so you guys cannot be rushing in. If you do, you will get be met by Jim at least. El Juan. One of the Lord's team for you, my friend. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. 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 cheers, cheers. So uh, it's aged in two two different casks, as I said here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and taste it, Adam. Tell me if you can guess what the casks are. Okay. Just by the smell, I'm going to say uh, American bourbon barrel and okay. Oloroso sherry cask. You, I know it is a sherry cask. One of them is sherry. It says on here somewhere. Uh, American oak casks. It doesn't say, I think, I don't know if they're bourbon casks or not. And then sherry oak casks. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to say that you got both of them. Nice. Well done, my friend. Yeah, it's, it's not very... a whole lot on the nose to me. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm actually apricot. It's a very, it's a very, uh, Highland style. And I know it's a space side, but it tastes like yeah, a very, once uh, again, what's uh, the difference? A, a Highland, uh, scotch. Uh, very apricot, honey, um, raisins. Wow, yeah, a lot of apricot. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so it says uh, sweet floral with spicy nuttiness on the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're such a nutty guy. Mm-hmm. Full of nuttiness. Um, the taste is sherried with floral spice, fruit, and oak. The finish is long, warm, and fruity with a little spice. And then it says the deed is in the tasting. 
Isn't it always? That's what they say. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a long finish. I, I would say it's a medium finish. Hmm, let me see. I also do catch a little bit of plum, which is probably from the sherry would be my guess, but a little plum, hmm. ripe plum, if you will. I think it has a, I would say it has a long finish, not the longest finish I've ever had, but I would, I would put it in the long category. Okay. Um, so this was over more than a hundred dollars. Not worth it. Yeah. In my opinion. I am going to agree with you. Not worth $100. No. I mean, I would be maybe satisfied at like $55 to $65 mm-hmm. with this particular scotch. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it at all. You know, like there's just so many. There are good scotches and good, I mean, good Irish whiskey, good bourbon that you can get at that price range. Mm-hmm. So for me, like if you want to, if, if you're th- pushing three digits, on the price, I really expect a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of scotches out there that I would take over this. Yeah, totally. not that it's bad. It's not a bad scotch. No, not at all. But it's not something that and I, it I would is. Pay it does for have a lot of complexity. Like I like the. It's definitely very fruity. Um, a lot of fruit. The apricot, like you said, I'm not sure. I don't th- know that I get any plum, but there's a lot of fruit notes in it. Mm-hmm. If you like that, you'll you'll really like this. It is complex, but. It's not, you know, it's not just really blowing me away. Okay, so uh, in the vein of truthfulness, we we need we need to do some. Is this a van- recanting like a vanity thing? No. Okay. Uh, the other day or the other episode, you mentioned about being the beans. Be the beans. Be the beans. Yeah. You referenced that, and then you said something like, "Because it only takes like two to three beans to make a cup of coffee." Oh. And well, that I, is, I was being I was being hyperbolic, or I was I was is, I was not intending to mean literally two or three beans. Okay, because I just meant like it's no, it's not that many. It's like on average seventy. Seventy beans. Yes, for one cup of coffee, on average. Wow. So, so well, so when I make coffee, I do it with these <laughs> really big beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that we. Uh, Made made sure we we were we said that like the size of you know like the really big white hazelnut like white grapes white grapes yeah that's the size of the coffee beans that I'm usually dealing with. Also, I wanted to say that just two or three, just two or three, yeah. Uh, if you seventy recall, coffee 70, beans, seventy on average. Okay, the analogy still holds. Be the beans, right? Okay, it, yeah, it still holds, but it was watered down, if you will. Yeah. Um. By, by only saying two to three beans. Yeah, well, I definitely thought it was more than two or three <laughs> beans. Uh, also, okay, so uh, a few episodes back. Also, also, Adam, it depends on how big of a, cu- a cup of coffee you're making. Okay? If you have a small enough a, cup, a thimble of two coffee. or three beans sure. will do the job. So we talked about how uh, we I took Luke on a fishing trip. Right yeah. down to, uh, uh-huh. right w- when baby Davy was born. Yeah, um, and there was something that we did not discuss, which was Juan's setup that he had on his fishing pole, which, oh, is, yes. which is something that needs to be discussed. So Juan, so I, I tell Juan we're going to we're going fishing. You know he's get, he's all excited. He's been fishing with his sons, um, you know, a couple times at the ponds, things like that. And so he's all excited. He comes with his fishing pole in hand. He, I, what did you did you uh, fish like just the other day before that with with Santi and yeah. 
So he 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 shows up, and as we're preparing, you know, we're Paul sitting, still rigged. Paul still the rigged last from outing. last from last sure. outing, uh, which is which is standard. I mean, it's not un, not uncommon at all. Right. So before we got there, we said let's get all of our rigs set up so that way we're, when we're there, we can just start fishing. Okay. And so I look over at Juan's rig that he has set up, and here's what it is: a spinner. Okay, like a beetle spin. Like a beetle spin. Yep. Heavy weight swivel. Uh, okay. That goes onto the main uh, line. Line. Okay. With a bobber. <laughs> so when I saw why this, did you put the swivel on there? <laughs> You gotta catch them all. That's right. So when I saw, I see this, you know, a spinner that's made to be moving to catch fish. I tell Juan that there's only one way you are going to catch a fish with this setup, and that's if a fish was just minding its own business, <laughs> swimming down the river or pond, and accidentally just hits your your lure and gets snagged. Doesn't see it. Doesn't which is see unlikely it. because of the flashy spinner you have <laughs> yeah. on this thing. Well, that's not gonna matter because it's not gonna it's not moving. But still, it's, it's, like it has it's, a It's in the water. It's gonna have some movement and like. It's still going to be reflective of something, yeah. right? You know, it's just like it was just absolutely hilarious because I was like, "Juan, have you caught anything on this?" He's like, "No, not yet." And I was like, "Wonder why?" <laughs> so, but you know, like, wasn't he putting a worm on it as well? Yes, he was. Also I mean, the live thing bait. is, the thing is, I it it almost doesn't matter if you put a worm on a hook. Like, you could put whatever dress you want on it. You'll catch a fish, okay? Yeah, or like a hot dog. You'll catch perch all day long with the right, hot dog, right? So anyway, it was just hilarious to see because he came all ready to go with his fishing pole ready to go, and that was his setup. Wow, that must have taken you one a long time. He had like a twenty. He had twenty dollars worth of uh, fishing lures, like fishing apparel, on that, and he uh, snagged it. He so he we, did snag a fish, didn't he? Like, no, he no he snagged he snagged like we were going down the you know in a raft we we're going down the river and like he was just kind of dragging. Uh, trolling, trolling, which one that doesn't work in the river yeah, because that's what I was telling. I was te- I was explaining this to him, and I said like, listen, you're Juan, moving the same speed right. as the water, and I said if this gets caught, like on underground or on on limb or something like that, you're gonna lose your pole, right? Because we're still going down the river. Or if you hold on real tight, the line he, no, will break. He he wasn't holding onto the fishing pole. He was just letting it troll. <laughs> And so I said, no, Juan, this is not going to work. And I told That's him. That's what the bobber's for, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what the bobber's for. So as I sit there and told him like three minutes later, I see him. I look back and he is, he he's almost jumping out of the raft to get his pole because he got it snagged. And so he, I was like, push the button. He pushes the button. And like he, un, like it, basically he, he loses another hundred feet. Stop? No, no. The, the river was, was moving. This is a, a swift area. Yeah. So, uh. He lost it before. I mean, probably his first cast. Twenty dollars probably worth of fishing, fishing lures and just stuff on it. So, in humi- like for his humility, I wanted to make sure to tell that story. Yeah, we wanted to humble him, right? Because we're he does look humble over there. Because we're his best friend. That's right. So, and, and we love you. Yeah. So anyway, when we get back, we're going to talk about a specific aspect of fortitude tonight. Correct. Yeah. All right. We're on the Lord's team. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, Jimbo Baggins, and Juan Posada in the house today as well. So I have good news. Oh, good. I need some. In the last three days, I have killed two moles. Nice. Yeah. Two of these two ro- two of those destructive rodents no longer breathe upon this earth. Nice. Thanks, thanks to yours truly. So when you were watering your grass the other night, and you you have the little tractor, yeah, uh, wa- like dude, um, that, and I you know really upgraded that tractor thing. Dude, that thing it looks nice. It is legit. So the other it night, it can pull over two hundred feet of hose. Yeah. So the other night, I was watching. I, I I was like walking around, and I saw that you had laid it out. And I went over there and I moved the hose way over that there. That was you who did that. <laughs> and so it was like it was like going right into your uh, air conditioner. Yeah. And, so, and then you went back and you moved it back. And then I went back again and moved it again. Well, well, <laughs> you moved it the hose too close to the like it didn't it and couldn't it go just, through the door. And so it's it the the blades like the spinning things got stuck. It was like that for like an hour. I know. I know. I've been waiting to tell you this. You, you owe I've, me like $20 <laughs> of wasted water. My water bill is going to be $20 higher because of you. I was like cracking up it like just randomly at my house just knowing like... I you only tr- fixed it one time though. Oh, what? I, I messed with it twice. I waited till you... Because we were walking... Haley and I were walking around the neighborhood. I think we were praying in the rosary, doing a prayer walk or whatever. And You're praying the rosary, destroying people's sprinklers. <laughs> Well, it was a counterbalance. Productive, was, it, ro- oh, because you need to be counterbalanced. <laughs> just like a gray Jedi thing. <laughs> anyway, don't, don't so come at me with the gray I was, Jedi. I was, I, I, the gray Jedi are evil. I would be okay? like sitting there in in my living room, and we were like doing something else, and like I would crack up just thinking about you walking outside, being like, "What the heck? Why? Why did that happen?" And <laughs> yeah, well, I thought like, was it just like super twisted? And you know, as it had more slack. <laughs> It was able to like untwist, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, well, you know what? You had to get wet in order to do oh, that. Oh, dude, it was so worth it. Yeah. It was okay. It was it was very much worth it just for my Don't do that again. <laughs> Cuz those bl- those the copter thing, it spins fast and when it hits the wall, it could it could get dented and stuff. If you dent it, you're going to have to fix it. I think I just thought it was funny. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Hey, Adam, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was well worth it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tonight, what what are we talking about tonight? Well, before we get into the topic, well, we're going to be talking about uh, martyrdom and prudence. You mean fortitude? Well, martyrdom would be a sub a sub virtue of fortitude. Fortitude. Yeah. 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 So we're talking about specifically martyrdom. Okay. And prudence. Okay. When should when should one Go boldly, boldly seek the greatest glory in this life to, mm-hmm. to, to lay it down for Jesus. Or when should one say, you know what? I need to, I need to like, this isn't worth it. I have kids. Got a wife. Okay. People who need me, that kind this of thing. This will be interesting. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, I, I want to talk for about... Me. For me, it'll be interesting. Well, good. I, that'll, be, that'll be at least one. Yeah. So, uh, but before we do that, I want to talk about something else that also has to do with kind of preparing for your death. Okay, so this is something that uh, I think is is important to do. Um, and if people are about our age, you know, it's like you're you're kind of starting to get your life together. And do you, Adam, do you have a will? 
Like, have you gone to an attorney? No. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you sh- it's something that you should do at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have a trust drawn up. A trust is like just a big fancy will. There's not really a reason for you to get a trust, like a real reason. It used to be like, oh, if you have a lot of money, uh, don't have to worry about and that. You ha- you're gonna, like, let's say you're going to leave behind like fifty million dollars. The government will take half of everything over ten million dollars that belongs to your estate. It's to, the estate taxes are the most immoral tax. I think that there's like, what right does the government have to take half your stuff just because you they've die? already taxed? It's already taxed. They've already taxed it. Taxes are evil. I'm just going to say that. Anyway, um, you should have a will because you know you want to there to be peace uh, in your in your household when you die. You know you don't you don't want your death to cause chaos among your beneficiaries. So um, also y- your will is the things that will safeguard your children. You know that's what's going to say who who's going to take your kids if you and your spouse die. Um, and so it is something that as a good parent you know that you should you should do in order to mm-hmm. just plan for the uh unfortunate you know um but we're fortunate <laughs> depends on how big your life insurance policy is you know um i was thinking more like whether or not you go to heaven or hell oh yeah 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 but it would be unfortunate uh an early death i think is generally considered unfortunate you know it's like oh that's sad anyway for the people here still on earth yeah as long as you don't die in the state of mortal sin. But when unre- you when you are there talking to your attorney, and hopefully you go to a Catholic attorney, because if you don't go to a Catholic attorney, I'm not sure that this would end up as well. You need to get an advanced medical directive. Okay. Um, and why don't you explain to them an advanced? I mean, not that I don't right, know, but because you know. Yeah, but for them. Okay, now explain, now, explain it to like, me. Explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> explain it like I'm five. <laughs> okay, so an advanced medical directive just appoints someone to make decisions for you or says what how decisions are to be made maybe what decisions are to be made in certain circumstances you know um if you're in a coma what do they do if you are on a ventilator uh if you're like what do you want to be put on a ventilator and so what it does is it gets something legal in writing that says i am to be treated and cared for according to catholic principles Okay, there, I think that's the main. That, that, that's that's the, the main thing, and and okay. it's important that. So what uh, Pamela and I did is we named her brother Father Sean O'Brien. Uh, our like, uh, at I forget what the the name is. Anyway, if we're both, so if I'm incapacitated or something, Pamela makes the decisions. If both of us are, then he makes all of our decisions. So he has a licentiate degree in bioethics. Yeah, he's a great guy. To have. So yeah, yeah he, it's like. He was a pretty obvious choice. We, and also, you should talk to the... If you're going to name somebody, it's like your, uh, you know, your dude. Father Brian, by the way. Like, hey, he <laughs> named you to make all his health decisions. He did? He did. You know, I don't even like him. He's no. going to be in a coma for the next 50 years. <laughs> we'll need you to make weekly visits. Yeah. Right? You know, so you should talk to the person first. But um, there used to be a time when doctors were... I mean, it was like part of going to medical school, that you had training in ethics. And they still do. They still get training in ethics. But, you know, like, secu- the ethics, according to society today, are so watered down. Um, I mean, just the the notion of do no harm, I mean, that's like the creed of a doctor, right? And yet we have physician-assisted suicide. Right. Okay? I know. We have abortions. Doctors yeah. doing abortions. And so it's like you, they're the, the culture... 
does is not going to safeguard your life the way it used to and the way it should. Mm-hmm. Okay, so especially if you're getting your will done, which you should do, you should do that. Yeah. How uh, much does it cost? Do you know? It's is it a couple it hundred dollars, or no, no, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars, probably. A couple thousand? Could be. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, doing I mean, that. it could be like. As, it could it. be as much as $3,000, depending on the attorney you go to. Okay. If you go to a smaller, like a small attorney who practices, you know. How, s- how are you supposed to be able to do that? You're supposed to be able to throw a couple grand on it on something that's like. It's important. Yeah. Golly. Um, uh, or, or you could go to, I don't know, LegalZoom.com and probably get it done for a couple hundred. I mean. Um, but We're not sponsored by them, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've never done that. So I had I had a attorney Sarah Reddy mm-hmm. do ours, um, and she was that she was reasonable on the price. So, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know anything about the advanced medical directive stuff when I went to see her, and she's the one who told told me about it. Um, you know, this is years ago when pa- when Pamela and I were getting married. So it is important, and it's, it's something that you need to update. Like we need to update ours because we just had a baby, and. David Jr.'s not in any of the stuff. I think it's just really important because of uh, the aspect of whenever you, when money gets, when money is, is put into the equation, you know, it, it can get very hairy, right? You know, right. everybody has expectations of like, well, I thought, I assumed this was going to be mine or this was going to be mine. And if you don't lay it down like here in, in black and white, this is what I'm expecting whenever right. I pass away. I think that's where the uh you know the prudence comes into play as far as like i i expect this to be done for the sake of my family so that way there's we're keeping the peace uh everybody is on the same page mm-hmm. um yeah no i agree and also it's just preparing for your inevitable death right because that's something we're all going to do yeah and it's something that a lot of people are uncomfortable doing they don't like acknowledging acknowledging it cuz it, some people it freaks them out Especially if it's more secular people, because if you don't, if you're, uh, you know, not oriented, if your kind of mindset isn't oriented towards heaven, then this life is all you got. You know, that's all. That's kind of your attitude. And so, mm-hmm. the thinking about death is a scary thing because it's but, that's like the ultimate evil for right, a, but a, for those people. For a Christian, like our whole life leads up to we death. Should, like, yeah, like that is like what we're here. Look forward to it, right? Which is a a different mind frame. Than like you said, like the right. secular culture. So like, it, it and it is, is different, it but. is natural to abhor death because death is not was not originally part of the plan. You know, mm-hmm. death is a result of sin, and so death is not good. There's something not good about it. Like uh, that's one of the things that makes a body kind of horrifying is because we are body soul composites. The body and the soul are supposed to be together. And now when we see a dead body, it's like, here's a body without a soul. We weren't created as a soul, and then God said, let me get a shell to put this in. No, we're supposed to be together, you know? So death is an abhorrent thing. Um, And in the resurrection of the body, we'll be gloriously reunited, soul and body. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I've been living my whole life for it. I walked through all the walls. (laughs) All right. So when we get back, we're going to talk about martyrdom. Is that what we're going to do? Yes. All right. Looking forward to it. We'll be right back. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping a little Aberlore 16. A really good scotch, not worth the price. Yeah, I agree. So, Dave, you wanted to talk today about the correlation between prudence and an aspect of fortitude, yeah. specifically martyrdom. Right. And I was trying to get some information about this episode ahead of time because that's what I like to do. And like what you like to do is not do that. And so uh, I don't know. What you and I prepare in drastically different ways. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I don't know really what you have in store this evening. Okay, so I um, was just kind of thinking about the truth. Uh, oh, man, what's the name of that movie? I looked it up, too. Um, uh, the movie about the dude, he's in Austria, and uh, they arrest him because he won't take this oath of allegiance to Hitler. Um, Jim knows it. Jim, will you Google that? Google. The Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. That's it. <laughs> so there's like this guy, Blessed Von Trapp, von, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, dude, he's he's joking with you. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's same like time period one, but different movie. Anyway, so in this movie, uh, they come and they're like, "Oh yeah, you have to." He's an Austrian, you know. So Austria was in; they were in league, they were allies with the Germans, and so like he was drafted into the war, and they said you have to take this oath of allegiance to Hitler, and he wouldn't do it, so they arrested him. Okay. Um, and it was like such a little, like they ended up water throughout the movie. They kind of like water it down. Um, a hidden life, a hidden life. Thank you. Joe Q even told us about that. Or told me about that today. A hidden life. Oh, it's really? A, it's new. It's like from 2019. It's yeah. A newer, yeah. Newer yeah movie. It came out last year. Yeah. Um, like during Lent or something. Okay. It, it was in theaters. A hidden life. Uh, I cannot recommend this movie enough. Good, Cause I listen. I watched another terrible movie. Oh no, this you, week. you will like this movie. Uh, very little dialogue, actually. In fact, most of the movie is is completely silent. Mm. It's just you see people and gorgeous landscapes. I'm, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this movie, but anyway, he's arrested, and throughout the movie, they kind of water it down. Like, okay, well, if you just sign this, you know, you don't have to mean it. Just just say it. Just say the words. Don't mean, but you know, mentally res- reserve. Don't say, don't mean what you say. Mm-hmm. And at, at some point. Uh, his, there's this attorney who's was assigned to him, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get him out of jail. Like he doesn't want him to die because he know and he and the guy knows that, that they're going to kill him. They're going to kill me if I don't. Eventually, Do they're going to kill me. And the attorney says, "Like, look, just sign this, and and uh, and you'll be free." And he and he smiles and looks at his attorney and says, "I already am free." Mm-hmm. And went back to his prison cell. You know, and it was just like a very powerful line because, you know, here he is, he's been, he's getting beaten regularly, you know, all of this suffering, but this attorney says, you know, you'll be free. And he's like, no, I'm the only free guy here. Hmm. Everybody else has taken this, this oath of allegiance to Hitler. You're a slave. So that reminds me of, you know, it's uh, the Feast of St. Thomas More today. Yes. And Al- a big guy on courage, yeah. you know. And uh, Alphonsus Liguori, St. Alphonsus Liguori has a, it, it talks about Thomas More here where he said, where he and his wife, Thomas St. Thomas More and his wife are having a dialogue and the wife is saying like, you know, just, just recant what you were saying. Like, and, and he goes, well, how long do you think I have to live? 
And she goes, I don't know. You're, he goes, I'm an older guy. How long do you think I have to live? And she goes, you could live for another 20 years. And he goes, 20 years for, to, to give like for eternity. That's, that's ridiculous. That's a terrible deal. Right. And so he's talking about like, I, I would never do that because I'm giving up eternity for 20 years. Best case scenario. Yeah, best case. You know, so that kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. And I was just thinking about what started this all for me was I was just thinking about the, the truth and how important the truth is. And just even just little a little piece of the truth, like what if someone comes up to you and, you know, it's the, all of these uh, scenarios that I was, you know, they're all hypothetical, you know, probably never going to happen. But, you know, it's the classic gun to your head. D- either deny the the creed or I'll kill you. Right. Okay. So I don't want to get into if you're culpable or not in the, you know, what's your culpability? Because obviously someone puts a gun to your head, you're going to be emotional, you know, uh, Wait, and you, you, can't you read might souls. not, and you might not have, well, just like think, apply this to yourself. You might not have like uh, rational, your, your full rational capacity. Okay. Right. So adrenaline's kicking in. And- so if you did deny the creed in that moment, you know, I don't want to talk about whether or not you're culpable for this. However, it would be grave matter, okay? But the church actually is asking and telling and saying, you should die. Mm-hmm. You should lay down your life. Even it's like, you know, because part of me says, why do I, like, who's this guy? Just because some idiot comes up to me with a gun and says, deny the creed or I'll kill you. It's like, I have to die now because this this Yahoo, like, wants to, you know, like, put this ultimatum to me all of a sudden, like, leave me alone. I don't, like, I'm not talking to you. No, you don't have to answer in the, even in the hypothetical situation. You could just not, you could do nothing. But um, that's not part of the, obviously, the hypothetical choices. No hablo inglés. Right, exactly. No sé. No comprende. Yeah. And then he says it in Spanish. And, and you're like, like what? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't speak German. Right. <laughs> um, so, and then I was thinking about like, well, what if it's the tiniest particle of the creed? Uh, is it worth throwing your life away? And it's like, well, if I was thinking about this, and ultimately, yes, you have to. You cannot deny, certainly not a dogma of the church. Um, that would be denying the faith, mm-hmm. okay? And so Jesus, actually, he talks about this a lot um, in the Gospels. Um, in Matthew ten thirty three, he says, whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. Which is not a position okay. you want to be in. Right. You don't. You don't want to do that. Um, in Revelation 2, chapter t- uh, verse 10, um, he says, be faithful unto death. You know, so mm-hmm. he, he's he, he's uh, writing that, saying that to one of the, the churches. I don't remember exactly which one, but he's still saying it. You know, uh, unto death, okay? So you should be willing and ready to die. And for me, this is like one of those things that if I haven't thought about it ahead of time, mm-hmm. if that crazy moment did occur i don't know what i would do but if i have made you know like i've made that decision and i've kind of accepted it and decided no i am willing to die for my faith okay the big hurdle for me is emotionally what happens to my kids what happens to my wife right is it worth me dying and it's like well i'm gonna leave them fatherless Mm -hmm. you know so um what are your thoughts about that? Okay, so my, I mean, the first thoughts that I had were, uh, this is why it's so important to to live a virtuous life, because even when... Just, just to be ready? 
Well, because or even, to have the strength to make the right decision. To is have that what the strength, yeah, yeah, to have the strength to make the right decision because. Uh, it, some of the early church fathers talks about how there were martyr, you know, when early persecution of the Christians were happening, there were people who were deciding that I'm going to go to Rome or wherever it was to be a martyr, you know, yeah. to, to stand up. Hey, let's go get ourselves martyred. But yeah, basically that was kind of the idea, and uh, God did not give them the grace to to persevere in that right. decision. Because martyrdom is a gift and a grace, right? And, and the reason why is because they had not they they were not virtuous. They had not built up the the virtue of fortitude or prudence um and right and that was more like suicide than it was martyrdom because they were just going to get killed well okay so uh, maybe even a better example would be uh even father stanley rother who like was going back he went, yeah. went back to guatemala knowing totally different yeah knowing that that there was going to be persecution it's the principle of double effect mm-hmm. you know like even saint peter he was walking into rome knowing he was about to get martyred Mm -hmm. but he wasn't going so that he might get martyred right he was going so that he might do god's will preach to the evangelist you know like he he knew god had a mission for him there Mm -hmm. and that when he went there he would also be martyred you know sort of like stanley rother stanley rother didn't say you know what i want to go get myself killed he said you know what i can't leave my flock right as a shepherd and even though i know i i know that there will be a double effect of my decision Mm -hmm. i don't intend that effect but I know it will happen all the same. So we because or at least there's a good chance that's important happen. because sure. as Catholics, we value life. Life is valuable, okay? Mm-hmm. And we don't throw it away. Right. However, we are willing and ready to lay it down out of love for Christ. So there's a there's a big difference. And if that's uh, what you're called to, this is a grace we should not shrink from it because this is the highest form of glory, the the best death that you could ever give to our Lord, mm-hmm. okay? G- Christ is glorified more in the martyrs of the saints than, you know, in other just, I mean, that's like, that's it. You get the crown, the mar- a martyr's crown in heaven, you know? Mm-hmm. So he he glorifies these people in a special way mm-hmm. um, because it, it does take so much love in order to do it well. Um, so... I mean, even in John 15, when we're talking about, you know, no greater love is this than to lay down your life for your friend. Right. You know, and that's what Jesus is telling his apostles right before he goes out and dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this is the same aspect. You know? Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's the, the context. Yeah, that's the context. So one time I was driving and... Really? Yeah. I do that sometimes. And the car in front of me stopped short. And I, so I had to kind of, you know, stop short as well. Mm-hmm. Stop quickly. And I kind of had that, like a flash of, oh my gosh, what if I had died right there? Mm-hmm. And I had that same thought, you know, oh my, my kids, would, you know, they wouldn't have a father. My wife would be a widow, you know, she's a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what, like, God, what would happen? And it like started to almost get sick to my stomach just thinking about it. And that's when I, that's when I realized, and I think I've mentioned this before on the show, you know, God is their father. I am their earthly father, but God is their real father. He uses me to take care of them, but God is the one actually taking care of my children, not me. If he's taking care of them now, he'll, he'll take care of them later. You know what I mean? It, and that just gave me a lot of peace. And I, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more after the break. Okay. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I am Don David. Here with Adam Minahan, we're talking about martyrdom and prudence. So I was just mentioning about, you know, this, it occurred to me that God is really the one taking care of my children through you. Like, if there's food on the table, it's because he put it there. He uses, I'm simply the instrument that he uses to do it, mm-hmm. but he, he wants food on the table. If I wasn't there, he would still put food on the table. You know, like, there are, he, of course, he uses our own cooperation to achieve all things, but he's God, he'll make it happen, you know? And so I was just thinking about that, and because that, for me, would be the biggest hesitation to stop me. Right. My biggest temptation... Sure to deny the faith would be because of my love for my f- children. Mm-hmm. You know, and so just having no knowing that, having that comfort that you know, it's like it's not me anyway. It's you know, our heavenly father is going to keep taking care of my children, especially if it's because I laid down my life as a martyr. Right. How much more is he going to take? I mean, my wife and kids would probably end up with a much better father and husband anyway. You That's know? true. Well, it wouldn't I mean, be tough. It, it wouldn't but... be that hard. Right. So, um you know, like if it is the creed, any part of the the thing that the faith holds to be true, we actually are called and ready to to lay down our lives. But then I was thinking about other situations. Okay, so Adam, let's say you're praying outside of the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Guy comes up with a gun, says, "Leave now, or I'll kill you." What do you do? Uh, I leave. I, I think I would leave too, but it also would be heroic to stay. I mean, so it could be imprudent to stay. No, I don't. Th- I don't think it would be imprudent to stay. It could be, but I don't know that it would. I mean, I think it, in that situation, it's heroic. It's certainly the church is not going to require you or ask you to do that. But if you stay, you mm-hmm. and you and he kills you, you are a martyr. You were you were you were killed because of hatred for the faith. You were out out praying in front of the abortion clinic, and the guy says, "You have to stop praying, or I'm going to kill you." I mean. So, mm-hmm. once again, martyrdom is the greatest gift that you can give to our Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, we shouldn't necessarily be, like, running away from it. Now, no. it's, there is a point where it's something, it's like, you know what, this is not the hill I'm willing, I, I, I feel called to die on, literally. <laughs> you know, and so, I think that's important to know. What is what is that line because it's it's so different it could be different for everybody like if i was single i think it would be a much it would be a much different line you know like yeah dying at the abortion clinic that would be awesome kind of i mean like in the right you you have to understand me the right way okay it would be awesome in heaven you know like you get to heaven be like dave i haven't seen you in a while that was epic Mm -hmm. what you did float over here float over here float over here with me come check this out Okay. Um, okay. What's another scenario? Okay. So uh, let's say because I would have I would have said I would walk away. Like if he says, like I'm going to kill you, or you walk away, it's like I don't have an obligation to be here to our Lord. Mm-hmm. Like our Lord has not commanded right. yeah, me there, to be here. There's no here. obligation to be there, right? Um, he's not saying that I have to deny what I believe. Mm-hmm. Like all he's saying is all you, all you got to do is walk away. I'm walking away. Okay. Uh, your children are kidnapped. Okay. And oh, man. the the kidnapper says, "If you go to mass this Sunday, your chi- I'm going to kill your children." Okay, man, that's a bummer. What a what a what a terrible situation that is. I'm going to mass. 
I mean, obviously, in a non in a non COVID nineteen scenario Scenario. right now they're you know (laughs) because if it's this sunday i'm not going right the bishop's given a dispensation anyway you know yeah yeah i mean so there's there's plenty you know in the old testament with the the mom who has to sit there and watch her nine sons all die for the faith and she what does she do she sits there and prays that they hold fast to the truth and don't deny it don't deny our lord so i mean uh you have to go off of what uh the great saints before us have paved the way exactly and, and i would hate it but uh, there would be great that's the beauty of the christian life is that there's great consolation there's great comfort in knowing that even in that situation your kids will be in uh, triumphantly in heaven and being praying for you and and and, and praying that you receive the graces needed to deal with the situation here on yeah. earth and i would also like to do another episode on the like i don't know what you call it the mechanics of morality because a lot of people will say, if you go to mass, you're killing your children. It's your, you know, no. and it's like, no, actually, the death of my children is in no way my fault. This is almost like the just war theory. Kind of. I mean, like. I mean, it has to do with justice and like. It's like, I went to mass and then that guy killed my children. Yeah. I didn't kill my children. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like the whole, uh, you're hiding Nazis in your basement thing. No, it, Jewish people. Eh? You're hiding Jews in your... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hiding the Nazis <laughs> so that the yeah. Jews don't get them. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, it's like if people say, if you tell that Nazi you have Jews in your basement, you just kill... You're getting all those Jews killed. It's like, no, you're not. Right. Actually, the Nazi is killing all the Jews, not right. me. I was trying to save them. Right. But, um, okay, so like the harder ones, the m- much more difficult situations, mm-hmm. I think is when death isn't on the line. Okay, so for me, it's almost easier to do big things for God, right? Mm-hmm. Grand statements. Sure. It's the little things. Magnanimous statements. Yes. It's, uh, are you willing to endure social persecution in the office for the truth? Okay, whether even, even take religious truth out of it, because all truth, if, if a man dies for a truth... He has died for a good cause. Because, you know, whether it doesn't, we should never be, you know, living in accordance with the lie. You know, so pick a, pick a truth. I mean, if you die because it's like, no, I, I won't, I won't say that. I won't say that about this other person, or I won't go along with whatever it is, LGBT agenda, or any, pick a truth, you name it. Mm-hmm. If you die for it, that is a good death. Now, that's where prudence comes in, uh, but we can never, ever, ever go along with um, a lie. No. Okay? There, there is nothing, no matter the consequences, we are called to truth. Well, and once we realize as Christians that truth is a person, right? that truth is, is uh, you know, God incarnate, and that he is... You stand by standing up for the truth. You're standing up for Jesus. You know um, that makes the this the situation the the scenarios easier to figure out how you how you handle them. Right, and it's also why it's important, like you said already, to, to have live a life steeped in virtue, so that you're ready and you know the the right from the wrong very well, accompanied with a real prayer life, because you can know right and wrong, but if you don't know how to be gentle. 
about it. And, or meek. Or meek. Meek would probably be the... Yeah. I mean, because especially like, let's just take the LGBTQ, you know, like, oh, hey, everybody's... It's Pride Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's wearing the, the, the Pride buttons today in the office. Mm-hmm. Well, here, will you wear one? Mm-hmm. Like, don't put on the Pride button. Uh, you can't... Like, wearing the Pride button is a lie. You should not wear the Pride button. And you might say, well, it's going to get me fired. Yeah, that's a tough. I mean, that, that's that, tough. That, see, this is where it gets harder mm-hmm. because it's like, well, I'm just wearing the button. I'm now not, you're per- not being persecuted and you're not having like. And it's like, I'm not. It's drawn out. I'm not promoting it. I'm just wearing the. Everybody's wearing the button. You know, I'm not going to scandalize anybody because just everybody's doing it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, when it comes to the, the harder decisions, is I love the people who experience same sex attraction enough to, to tell them that, no, I'm not standing up for this. Mm-hmm. It's because like your your dignity as a person is not engulfed in your attractions to one. Well, well, the Pride Week another. has nothing to do with the dignity of of people who experience same sex attraction. It, it it's it's just about sodomy and validating and justifying sodomy. That's what Pride Week is about. Pride Month, the whole Pride movement. It's just about yeah justifying just care, sodomy. Like we we care the as di- Catholics. We talk, care about like talking about the dignity of. The, of people who experience same-sex attraction is something totally different. Right. Okay. Um, but the truth is, yes, If even if you know, I'll be fired for this, I think it's still the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Very hard decision. And like, once again, I'm we're not getting... Heroic. In, heroic. Well, in this case, I'm not sure. I think... Sure, it is. It, well, it's it's what you're called to. I guess yeah. martyrdom itself would be heroic, but sure. it's still sometimes what we're asked it's what's necessary um so we're not getting into the culpability right uh, of you know because i'm sure there are people listening to this who have been in that position mm-hmm. who wore the button sure and uh, we're in this we're, analogy we're not judging those decisions we're just talking about right what's right and wrong juan is judging but we're not juan is a very judgmental person yeah but that's okay actually it's the it's the turtle tattoo on his back that's really the judger. Mm, okay, gotcha. Juan just can't get away from him. Gotcha. So, what about you? Do you have any? Have you had any um, difficult scenarios lately? Anyway, uh, I mean, the the one that I always seem to get is about uh, well, why don't you ha- why don't you guys use birth control? I mean, that's just like the one that happens in my office all the time. It's like, okay, you have four kids, like you guys are going to start using birth control, or you're going to get a vasectomy, right? Right. And there's we've talked about this on the episode recently responsible parenthood it's like there's two ways to really handle this you can kind of say like just no and just be quiet about it or you can kind of stand up and say no and here's the reason why and you mm-hmm. can use this opportunity to teach you know to tell them about your faith right um the first Do the, the, the socratic method works really really well i mean if it's someone you know it's like well are you guys going to use birth control well why would i do that and then they're going to give you some answers like oh well why is that important you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm I do think, though, I think you're right. I think a lot of times it's easier to do the big things for God than it is the little things. And that's why I think, you know, the, one of the doctors of the church is St. Therese of Lisieux because she's all about doing the little things for Christ. Right. You know, and how difficult that is to do the mundane things in ordinary life, to die to yourself for the greater glory of God. Then yeah. just say, like, yeah, take me right now. You right. Know? So I think I think that is tough. And those who, who embrace the, the arduous, the difficult, God always has bigger bigger gifts waiting in store for them. Yeah. Don't be effeminate. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. <laughs>